when we're children, our parents are these towering, powerful, money-holding, answer-having havens of safety. And if not safety, then at least some sense of security. I literally thought my mom was capable of anything, anything. Just like the things she would cook and the things she would come up with to keep us entertained. I remember being young and she would make this one dish I'd be lost in a time warp, 18 inches from our little 20-inch screen, VHS tapes splayed out on the carpet, Michael Keaton larger than life and hilarious, captivating my attention. My mom would ask if I was hungry. I don't even know if I replied. Maybe it was telekinesis, maybe it was body language, maybe it was just motherly instinct, but somehow she'd know. There were lots of amazing presentations over the years. But one that stands out to me is this absolutely massive hybrid of a dish, landing somewhere between a quesadilla and a burrito. It was slightly more burrito-like in shape, but it was crispy, like the entire surface of this gigantic tortilla had made contact with hot oil. Inside, it was melty, cheesy, filled with refried beans and red Spanish rice. I could have eaten that meal three times a day for at least ten years. The base of my mom's famous spaghetti was classico sauce from a jar. The canned Rosarita refrieds in that monstrous quesarito were the perfect complement to the buck-a-pop boxed Spanish-style rice, complete with seasoning packet. Don't get me wrong, my mom is a damn good cook. It's not that, it's just that, well, there's a chance that my palate was not yet refined enough to appreciate the depth of her true understanding of flavor pairing. The pan-seared petrali sole covered with a lid to steam for a moment directly after the flip. Lemon, butter, white wine, capers, delicate. Three bites to a bone lamb chops cooked hot in a heavy-bottomed cast-iron skillet with enough garlic cloves to make a head. High-quality, high-fat European butter. Fresh herbs, always fresh, served over perfectly blanched baby potatoes, red and gold, smashed with a fork to make room for the juice from the lamb chops. Yeah, I appreciate these things now, but as a kid, I guess what I'm saying is that our perception of the superheroes in our lives does have a tendency to change over the years. Let me ask you something. Is there anything in this world, anything at all, that falls in the same hemisphere from genuine, heartfelt praise from a parent? I mean, I don't want it to mean so much. I don't want to want to make you proud. I just want to make the art that I want and to live the life that I want to lead, to be separate, be individual, and make my own empowered choices. And yet, when I feel a sense of pride from my parents, there's nothing like it. I glow, I shine, and some decades-old, tiny, vulnerable part of myself settles in, safe and cozy, and rests in the comfort of knowing that I did good. On the other side of that sword, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to disappoint you. 
I want you to know that I'm living well, that I'm competent, that I'm successful and happy, well-liked, well-adjusted. I've heard a version of this echoed from nearly everyone I've talked to, but don't think it doesn't go both ways. We also want our parents to make us proud. We don't want them to let us down. Why are you human? Why do you make mistakes? Why don't you have the ambition or the energy that you did before I was born? Too much TV, not enough exercise, and the list just goes on, growing like a mass from well wishes of harmless intent to a jaded perspective to resentment. For me, I've often assumed a sense of guilt, as if I personally am responsible for my parents' humanness. Like their fall from grace happened to occur on the exact same day of my birth. A birthday for me, a new being, an individual born into this world, and at the same time, a death day for them, a loss of individuality and an unforeseeably vast commitment to put another human's well-being in front of your own. Creative, self-sufficient people become parents, and it changes them. You're listening to MakerCast, a podcast about the inner work of creatives from all walks in all places. My name is Morgan James Smith, and this is episode 28. I myself am not a parent, but I am an artist. And someday I want to be a parent. I think in making this episode I might be self-soothing, or at least seeking out reassurance that parenthood and actively pursuing creative endeavors are compatible and not mutually exclusive. I read an article in Atlantic Magazine, published back in 2017. The title was, How Motherhood Affects Creativity, with a subtitle, Cultural messages tell women that making art and having children are incompatible pursuits, but science suggests that women may become more creative after having kids. The article goes on to mention conceptual and performance artist Marina Abramovic, who in a 2016 interview detailed her motive behind each of her three abortions. She felt that to have a child or children would have negative consequences on her work, Quote, one only has limited energy in the body, and I would have had to divide it. End quote. I've certainly talked a lot in previous episodes about energetic capacity for creativity and how valuable our energy is. I also know that many artists, myself included, make sacrifices for their art 
and that hanging out or relaxing or enjoying activities you often see groups enjoying doesn't always appeal to the artistic soul. That urgency, that desire, and the need to create is too strong. The article in The Atlantic has a tidy finish, with the author comparing a creative outburst jotted down in the Notes app at 2 a.m. to the creative problem-solving of bathing three young children simultaneously without anyone drowning. I agree that creative outlets come in all forms, but isn't this what Marina Abramovic is getting at? That same creative energy is finite, and if and when we use it to problem-solve the caretaking of dependence, we are drawing from that same well that we draw from for our creativity. And that well, with every crust removed and creative cookie shape tucked into a perfect fitting compartment of a keep cold lunchbox, will eventually run dry. As I've gotten older and slowly, often painfully, gotten to know myself better, I've seen that there are certain areas where I can't trust myself, or perhaps more accurately, I just have blind spots. I may recognize them in hindsight, but there are impulses and reflexes that have simply stayed put over the years. Cognitive knowledge of self aids little in the abatement of unhealthy habits and difficulty with motivation. For example, a simple example, when I eat a huge portion of carbs, or really anything for that matter, I know that following that meal, I will be lethargic. I would rather be energized, but bring on the seconds of pasta and throw a couple more pieces of garlic bread on the plate while you're at it. I also know that exercising, despite myself, actually gives me energy. But when I'm tired, or lazy, or lethargic from overeating, I can't for the life of me remember that. Here's my question. Does having children truly provide creative inspiration and an enhanced sense of purpose and a deeper understanding of the preciousness of time? Or does parenthood stress us out and exhaust our desire to create? I don't expect to find a tidy answer. I know there can't be one. The thing I think that will be the hardest to pin down is that the process itself is a transformation so grand in psychological and biological scale that what is desired, the very definition of purpose, of happiness, becomes redefined in parenthood. Award-winning novelist Radhika Myra Tabrez gave a TED Talk on balancing artistry, creativity, and motherhood, detailing the chaos that is embedded in life as a mother. This is what it is. When you're a mother, chaos is your constant state of being. That's who you are. That's where you live. And I'm not just talking about a physical mess, but a mental mess as well. You are now handling the whole life of a tiny little being and everything that comes with it. Yeah, so your physical life is strewn with feeding bottles and nappies and Legos and your mental space is filled with doctor's appointments and feeding schedules and nap schedules or maybe when they grow up, like my son has, 
school schedules and play dates and weekend classes. Even in agreeing to give a presentation based on her merits individually as an artist, her first instinct was motherhood. When we when we're talking about this kind of environment, you you can imagine the kind of bandwidth it takes. For example, when I first learned about this TEDx talk, my first question to myself was, is it something I want to do? Is it something I can do? My first question was, oh, so it's a Saturday. What is my son doing that day? Uh, so he's got chess and taekwondo classes, so I need to get his drop-off and his pickup worked out. It's not that I don't know many mothers, which is why I turned to TED Talks for information. It's more that I want to find a mother who is actively creating, who has the vulnerability, yes, but also the language to try to describe that daily experience of raising a child. As a mother, your life revolves around the lives of your children, at least for the first few years. We work when they let us, we eat when they let us, we go to the loo when they let us, we sleep, uh, well, never really, because you can't really call it sleep, can you? It's more like crashing on the bed when your batteries are totally drained out, only to be woken up seven minutes later because your son is thirsty and he cannot find his water bottle. Which I must mention, I put like 12 inches away from him before I went to bed, anticipating this. But anyway. This is one facet of motherhood, over a finite period of time, I know. But it's important for me to try to understand creativity from this perspective. None of this is a very conducive environment for a creative life, right? Because a life of an artist is a life of patience, is a life of leisure time, is a life of flexibility of working hours. And these are words that are alien to a mother who has to master the art of taking 47 second showers. And even those showers she has to miss most day because she cannot find 47 seconds in her life. Happens all the time. But why I'm here today is because something beautiful, something rather odd happened to me in the last five years of me having and raising my son. Out of this chaos and madness that surrounded me, magically, I don't know how, but came out my creative being. I'd always wanted to be a writer, of course, but you know how it is, life gets in the way. But when my son was born, I had these erratic sleep schedules, and because he had erratic sleep schedules, and I'd essentially be left with these small pockets of time when he's managed to go back to sleep, but I've lost mine. And so I turned to my laptop for comfort at that time. And what essentially started out as a time filler activity, as the months and weeks passed, it took a life and shape of its own. Because that is the power of art. Once you're within the right range of it, it pulls you right in, just like Earth's gravity. Radhika goes on to describe what becomes the two-year period of writing her first novel, which won the Muse India Satish Verma Young Writer Award. I think we've all heard the saying, necessity is the mother of invention. I've often taken that to mean in regard to things that are made for practical purposes. The light bulb. The radio. The airplane. Perhaps the necessity being referred to in this case, and in the case of artists, parents in general, is that the need to create is for sanity's sake, not because the book will change the course of human life, it may, it may not, and the impact on a reader is certainly not to be understated, but because the author, the artist, the mother, 
needs to create, needs to invent something new. Not for that something's sake, but for the sake of the self. I called up my friend Tyler, who releases music under the name T. Soward. When I first met Tyler, it was over 10 years ago. We were in our mid-20s, hungry artists, writing raps and jumping on stages any chance we got. Before I go any further into our conversation, I want you to catch his vibe. Here's his song titled, Walk With Me. Take a walk with me. Come along with me, giving them back the senses that I'm masked with that glass of whiskey. But keep on laughing with me. Hell ain't that half the mystery, breaking it in and I'm making amends with more than just the fate tempting. Take a walk with me and come along with me, filling it in and I'm killing it when I spit in the wind. They all with me, so take a walk with me. Uh, take a walk, take a walk, take a walk with me. Talk with me, chop shillings on that block, feel me? Drop healing knowledge upon the spot equally And if it seems we're forced to steal the scene All I ever wanted was a piece of that dream, right? I let them sleep tight, keeping my mind on free flight Making it to the placement where the sacred's how I live life I gotta give time to my insights and spend mine alive While the rest of them dimming lights down But it gets bright when I wix light And we all give a little to the middle of that big fight And if I could write a little bit better than I might pin a piece on how to be a big brother might take the time to try and write me a letter and address it to myself somewhere in the near future I brought a song from my mother and my father let them know they did a better job than I could have ever take a walk with me and come along with me take it apart while I'm making my mark I'm afraid of the dark but it's all gravy just keep on laughing with me man ain't that half the mystery breaking it in and I'm making amends with more than just the face tempting come along with me Take a walk with me down memory lane Remember the pain, remember the strain But it can't kill me So take a walk with me uh. Take a walk, take a walk, take a walk with me It's not really Even though it's been many years since Tyler and I shared a stage One thing that always drew me to him was that he just seemed like a self-aware dude He told me that the passing of time for him has changed a lot over the years And that as he's gotten older The way that time passes seems more compressed and condensed. Uh, yeah, I feel like I blinked and a decade went by. I think I look at it by like the week and the month and the year more than the day or the minute or the the hour, I guess. It's uh, like an eight-hour day used to seem like a long time, you know what I'm saying? But then like, you know, after a while, it, like one day, like a work day is like, you start in the morning and then you blink and the day's over. Making art, writing music takes a lot of time. I'm 33 now, Tyler's 37, and raising his two kids has changed a lot about his priorities. And you know, with kids and stuff, it's, it's even even more pronounced because you know you come home, make dinner, and clean up the house, and there was your day. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it goes, you know. Things things uh. Priorities change, I think. Already we're getting into what I think is the crux of my own hesitancy regarding parenthood. I tend to get tunnel vision, and once my priorities change, everything else gets left behind. I've never been good at compartmentalizing or maintaining multiple interests simultaneously. Tyler said that for him, the key to maintaining creativity and a sense of self 
has been to focus on just being one person, the same person, himself, in all facets of his life. Well, he's kind of been the goal. I try not to be uh, too many different people. I feel like if I can keep it consistent, like at home and at work and in music and in life, just in general, it's, you know, at least at the, at least I can say I'm authentic, right? Like maybe not everybody, the people that do can light me across all the different, uh, all the different me's, I guess. (laughs) Finding an authentic voice in music, in hip hop is a challenge. I think for every artist, when I first started doing music, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what, you know, voice I wanted to have, or I didn't know what I wanted to say. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of base that stuff on, you know, what you've heard or what you think is cool. And, uh, you know, that's the things that you might be writing about in those early stages might not be authentic. And I know for myself, it definitely, it it probably wasn't as authentic as I, as it should have been. So I, as you listen to yourself and you get, you know, self-reflective and critical, you, at least I came to the conclusion that, you know, I, I don't want to be anybody else. I just want to be myself and the, the music's for, for me primarily. And that's the thing. I think I've gotten more out of it for myself as like a self-help type of tool and a self-reflection type of tool than, than anything. So if I'm not being honest with myself, then the hell am I doing, you know? If we're not being honest with ourselves, what the hell are any of us doing? The core of creative endeavors is something for the self. And for Tyler, music and how much it meant to him developed over time. So I was, I think I was 15 or 16 when I started trying to write, you know, hip hop type of, uh, type lyrics, uh, writing raps, right? I think I was, uh, a lot of kids that, uh, freestyle and spit raps and that was the cool thing to do yeah. 19 or 20 when i had my first big heartbreak i was dating a girl in high school we moved in together and then after you know, six or seven months of that she moved out and she didn't want nothing to do with me anymore i was pretty broken up about it so that was that was a big catalyst for me it helped me get over that and it helped me get through a lot of things and i just continued to slowly evolve and progress and get better at it and the better i got at it and the more um more I was able to be critical of myself and reflective through that, I think the better I got at it and the more it meant to me because of that. So it's kind of like a snowball, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I feel about it. Like it started with this one thing and it just kind of got bigger and bigger. And, you know, there's subsequent heartbreaks and subsequent stressors and challenges and things like that that, it's it's nice to have an outlet, right? Like, not everybody has an outlet like that. Some people just binge drink, or some people gamble, or, you know, start shooting up, or whatever. And there, there's healthier ways. There's drawing, and there's, you know, there's dancing, and there's there's all these different things. And this is just the thing that, you know, clicked and worked for me. The idea of creativity, first and foremost, as an outlet, a discovery of something that clicks and stays with us as a resource for our benefit is a great reminder for me. I tend to lean more into the thinking that it's a life's calling or a purpose, but the notion of it as like a a helpful companion through whatever life serves us, in a way takes the pressure off. The idea of doing music full-time doesn't even hold much allure for Tyler. The older I get and the more more responsibilities I have, the less 
that is appealing to me. I, but I mean, I, I'm never going to stop writing. I don't think I've got pages and pages and pages. And I, I actually, I feel when I'm not writing, I feel like I'm uh, like I should be. Mm. Which is, even if I don't have something to write about necessarily, I always feel like I'm, God, I should record that or I should record this. I've got songs like I, I need to record still. And I find if you wait too long, then it, it stops feeling relevant to where you're at. And so right. there's a less incentive to do it. So I, I may never record that one. Did you hear that? Here, I'll play it again. Turns out Tyler's daughter was in the room with him during the interview. For me, I always want to like close up, shut doors, and have complete focus. Even this idea of being in two places at once was unfathomable for me. Turns out his daughter even records with him. She does. She actually she uh, she hangs out in the studio and records them with me sometimes. He actually that uh, break my wrist. We've got a, a game on uh, on the, the VR that is called soundboxing, and so these colorful orbs come flying at you, and you got this headset on, and you gotta you gotta punch the colorful orbs, and she always makes me do that song on there. I'm picturing the two of them with these VR headsets on, lost in another world doing sound boxing requesting you know dad's own song and it takes the the isolated suffering artist out of the picture even if that was the experience of writing which i think for a lot of us it is it adds so much texture and context to be able to share it with family Get better. I just wish that we could find a way to all go play together. I let them bounce to this, and I swear to God, I let them plead the fifth. And I won't suffer malcontents. I raise the bar until I break my wrist. Till I break my wrist. Break my wrist. Break my wrist, raise the bar until I break my wrist And if that ain't enough, I'm staying up to make the pieces fit inside and out The lines they hide behind and make they peace with I learned my lessons well, sink or swim, no question now Gotta keep them guessing, has it gonna happen, map it out And you can ask around, I'm the last man class clown Fast to drown in a flask and I'm fast living casket bound With the gas can matches a massive sound uh, Better match the style with the hazmat Bad tripping, blacking out, bear trapping, snares tapping out the sound of the fear in your heart with the rapid pounding. Uh, I'm a rabbit hound, I'm a werewolf living in the blackest shroud. Hunter in the night who ain't backing down from anyone or anything. I flash a smile when I make them bounce to this, and I swear to God I let them plead the fifth, and I won't suffer malcontents. I raise the bar until I break my wrists. That made me want to throw a VR headset on and do some soundboxing. I thought maybe since Tyler's daughter was in the room, she might want to make an appearance or a cameo on the show. Sarah, do you think she'd want to sing some Halsey for the show? You want to sing a song? No, she's hiding behind me now. She's shy. You want to sing it together? No, she's hiding behind me again. Maybe on the next one. <laughs> I heard a giggle. Yeah, that's the little monkey. She is the wisest child you'll ever meet. Since I didn't get the opportunity to speak directly with Charity, I'll have to take Tyler at his word. Wisdom is subjective. But something tells me he's probably right. Through osmosis, by proximity to the wisest child on the planet, I asked Tyler if he had any wisdom 
about life or decision making. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, that's what life is, right? It's just uh, a few really big decisions and then the consequences of those. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I don't know, you know, I mean, art is just going to be, it's always going to be one of those things that's always there. It's kind of, I don't know that I've ever made any big decisions based on wanting it to be because it's, for me, it's always going to be, you know, no matter what I decide to do. I think that's probably honestly the biggest, uh, biggest thing that I've ever done that, you know, was, uh, get together with a woman with children and then, you know, take on those responsibilities. I think that was probably the most influential because that, that really does, you know, inform pretty much all of my decisions and color how I try to try to be anyway. In about four months, that wise little monkey will be turning 13. Tyler's been in her life since she was four. As far as like decisions and just, you know, the trajectory, I think, I, I think I've done everything about right. I don't think I'd change too much because if I change anything, then... I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, right? Exactly right. Virtually soundboxing with his daughter to his own damn songs. Swapping sage bits of wisdom over giggles. Learning the merits of today's pop music through the eyes of a 12-year-old. I remember Tyler in his younger form. Not better than he himself remembers, but differently from an outside perspective. I knew him before he was a husband before he was a parent. Dude is talented. If he wanted a life on the road, touring and performing in front of a crowd full of ever-shifting faces, take my word for it. He could have had it. I hate being away from home. I don't like being away from my family. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're doing music as a, as a job, that's kind of a prerequisite. You got to be on the road. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting if you're, if you're single and you're unattached, then it's like the best job in the world. But if you're not, and you've got a family that you like being around, it's not really, not really the thing. He likes being around his family. And from everything I could gather in a one hour conversation, they're pretty fond of being around him too. There's nothing easy about being an artist. There's nothing easy about being a parent. We make decisions, and we live with and inside of the results. The decisions we make are not still. They move like liquid around us, changing as we change, and adapting as we move ever forward. There's a balance to be struck for each of us, and it's out there, in motion, waiting for us to find it, and lose it, and find it again. I get chills listening to Tyler's music. My eyes shut. My breath quiets as I listen to his choices, his self-awareness, his storytelling. It's almost as if if I listen hard enough, I might find some answers of my own. I thought I 
thought that you were someone different Didn't think you were gonna pull that fucking bait and switch shit I didn't think that you could ever make me distant But here we are, miles apart and all I feel's indifference And I don't think that I've even got the tears left I wept for you for years while you left on them trips And now you're home and you claim it's to stay But I no longer believe a single word that you say And I ain't even got the patience to fight back All I really want is independence and my life back And when I find that, maybe we can talk But until then you can tell your friends they got what they wanted I'm out the picture, better get yourself a camera Snap a few this afternoon, cause that's when I'll be packing up I've had enough of this pressure and I won't let it stand Done holding my breath, waiting for you to be a better man I'll be good, I'll be good I swear to God I will Right now all I wanna do is make good on the promises I made way back when you still had love for me And I know I made it harder than it ought to be And I regret a lot of things, most of all my dishonesty That when you needed me most, I couldn't be found You lost your father and I up and had to leave town The very next day they had me on that jet plane Wings up to leave you on the ground coping with chest pains All alone in the home together we built Into the day she said it felt more like a prison cell I wish you well but this ain't my life sentence Maybe someday we can try and rebuild a friendship I hope you take care of yourself for the kids sake They need their daddy, they don't care about your mistakes I told that they're the good when nothing's left good in me I know you gotta go but I hope I can make you proud of me some Someday. I'll be good, I'll be good Cause I wanna be And I'll love the world like I should Even when I'm mad at it I'll be good, I'll be good That's all I wanna be all of the time uh. I'll be good, I'll be good That's all I wanna be Hi, Mom. Hi. Have I disrupted your dishes? Oh, I, I have to put some... Of the, I have to put the soup away, but um, all the containers are in Monterey. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I had to call my mom. I caught her doing dishes after hosting a friend for a socially distanced porch dinner of lentil soup. Tell me about this soup. Lentil soup? Uh, I, I, it's, it's good, but it's not like stellar. But it's good. Is it like the one you? Is it like the one you made me recently? Well, the one I made for you, I think, was better. I'm not sure what happened with this, um, but what fixed it, other than adding balsamic vinegar, was serving it with a dollop of creme fraiche. And yeah, and the way it disperses. Oh, yeah. It, it was, yes, much better. And I have a little left, and I will be happy to give it to you. I, for one, am a big fan of the way that creme fraiche 
disperses. I think I might have gotten that from my mom. I tried to go over the next day to pick up that little bit of leftover, but she was having another porch dinner with another friend, a neighbor, a man in his 70s who'd just gotten back from driving 500 miles from Montana where he'd been hiking 10 to 12 miles a day, searching for hidden lakes, for fishing. This, of course, superseded a simple soup drop-off. My mom told me that parenting for her had been an exhausting ordeal. For me... Uh, parenting was, I was overwhelmed with the thought of being responsible for another human being. Sometimes yeah. I'd be so tired of reading a book to you that it would fall on my face because I'd fall asleep. <laughs> oh my goodness. She went on to tell me how she used to make up stories for me to help me fall asleep at night. And then the next day she would try to remember where she was in the story but forget all the characters she'd made up. I guess one night when I was about 10, she said, sort of fishing for some of the clues of the narrative, Morgan, how did it go? And I said, fine. I hadn't remembered that. My mom had many outlets in her adult life. She was an adventurer. In the 1980s, she bicycled across the country, 3,000 miles. She was a martial artist, an actor, a singer, a dancer. But when I was born, she said her own artistry became secondary. As far as my own creativity, I, I would say that that did have to take a backseat. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I couldn't do everything all at once. Yeah. So I just, you know, really feel like I took uh, the responsibility for being the guardian, that's how I saw it, being the guardian of another human being and wanting that human being to be a good citizen and healthy and happy and creative. Yeah. That was my priority. In the silence that elapsed following that last sentiment, I found myself again waiting, hoping, despite myself, for that approval. You can hear you can hear the relief in my voice when I finally got it. And I would say it turned out well. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone else in my life, except for maybe my dad, insinuated that I had turned out to be a good citizen, I probably would just laugh or roll my eyes or brush it off. But here it still means the world. Well, that's nice to hear. Thanks. <laughs> or, or congrats. <laughs> no, no, no. I like things. I, yeah. There's a stereotype about the futility of turning to our parents to remind us that we're handsome or good-looking. Sometimes, though, in the realm of the spirit, it's kind of nice anyway your creativity, your dedication, a healthy lifestyle to, um, you know, all the counseling you've done, the healthy relationship yeah. you have, those yeah. things. I'm so pleased and so much in awe um, because so many people's lives are a mess. Yeah. So the dedication to clarity gentleness, 
creative expression, having love at the forefront. That's why I'm in awe. My mom and I talked for close to two hours. Listening back to the audio, I realized that this entire show is about creativity, creation, and that whether it's a song or a painting or an actual human being, the energy behind it is all the same. It's the energy of creation, that ephemeral muse that I try so hard to keep at the fore of my present experience. I've said it so many times, it's almost as if I've forgotten just how true it is. It doesn't matter what we make. It just matters that we keep making, keep creating, and keep bringing into existence that which had not existed before. What could possibly be more powerful an expression than a child? That was sweet. That was a big, big comfort because I would get homesick. And there were little little things we could do that would make me feel like we were hanging out. Yeah, like the stars, remember I'd say... I forget how it goes. Out there beneath the pale moonlight Someone thinking of me tonight Somewhere out there are you smiling oh yeah you yeah <laughs> oh yeah This episode of MakerCast was recorded and produced right here in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Special thanks to my mom for taking the time to talk to me, and to Tyler for sharing his awesome music. I'll put a link to all of his songs on Spotify in the show notes. Additional music for this episode can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the ongoing creation of this podcast, you can tell a friend leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, or help support the show on patreon.com slash makercast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. You weren't able to look back and find things that you'd rather do differently. You know, you're not looking back hard enough, but... I would say that it's important to be content and to mm. be happy. Be better, be better tomorrow than you were the day before. Here lies the reminisce of my clear sky, bowling with the bar.
butterflies shot it at the sunrise And when it's done right, the wings stay intact Let them flutter by and hover till they find a place to land And when they pick a dove, give them what they missing, huh? Listen to the whisper in the wind Like it's giving them direction Set in motion by the beauty we are taught to ignore Learning to be human beings, don't miss that Tripping through the mishaps, sit back and just laugh Any chance that you can, uh Sometimes the rain's falling, huh Keep time, I keep calling I keep stalling in place when I move Like the images I trace somehow were been removed And I can't get my shoes where they need to go And I can't read the news without drinking, huh But it's alright, gonna make it through that long night Alright, I'm gonna hold you close and make it alright Till the storm dies down into a calm sky It's gonna be alright, and never gonna slow down It's been a long fight Try and make every wrong right Even if it ain't gon' be alright It's alright And you're a sight for sore eyes You tore my vision from the shoreline And got me looking toward my borderlines In an effort to expand War crimes turned aside for the good of my family Uh and the truth is I'm horrified How am I gonna toe the line if I can't even show the mind? Got me limping with a fist full of swollen pride Better go inside if the highball collide with the time on his plate And the rhymes that he shapes and the pride he replaced with the life that he made here Can't fear the reaper though he sleeps near Keep him obey, keep him away from the people I keep dear I keep fear in my left breast pocket Cause enemies live closer than where best friends knock at Close to call it on most days I'll be in the coffin But stuck to my old ways But it's alright Gonna make it through that long night Alright I'm gonna hold you close And make it alright Till the storm dies down Into a calm sky uh, And it's alright And never gonna slow down It's been a long fight And I still try and make Every wrong right Even if it ain't gonna be alright It's alright And I feel my eyes With your elegance Ever since the heavens, it made it look effortless Left your sensibilities upon a pillowcase Feel the play like the middle of a dinner date And when the stakes get too high, I lose my mind Watch the raindrops every time they filled your eyes But it's alright, gonna make it through that long night Alright, and you could call my bluff when the song dies Right place, wrong time, story of this odd life I could count the days back in sequence While I bounce sun rays off my old trinkets and I could drink this elixir till it kills me Serenity soliloquy until then I'm still me And I ain't never gonna lose sight of that Even if I stumble drunken down this righteous path Till I see the floor coming up fast Similar to birthdays, got you thinking back Just like anniversaries reminiscing the past But I brush up on my wordplay at every single chance And if I'm thirsty, I'm tilting the flask Even if it hurts those closest to my back See, every single track is an autobiograph And when I get to the end, I bet I sit back and laugh at it uh. But it's alright, gonna make it through that long night Alright, I'm gonna hold you close and make it alright Till the storm dies down into a calm sky uh. And it's alright, and never gonna slow down It's been a long fight I still try and make every wrong right Even if it ain't gonna be alright It's alright